The regression to the mean for Isaac would be a dark, dark place. I love when Lloyd proves the haters wrong. A disappointing week, I'm guessing, for our friend Matt Cavanaugh. Wink's team is bad as a dog. That's got to be a big disappointment for Pierre. Gabe likes to get in the mud and play with the boys. I, I just never really know what to lose. I think there's a master plan behind it with Barrier. Week one is in the books, and we are back to take a look at how everything is shaking out to this point. Uh, welcome back, everybody. Excited to have you here with us for yet another season and joining me today to get into everything that we just saw play out. I honestly still can't believe that we got to watch NFL football in 2020, but uh, excited to get into everything with Vanna. Van Man, what's going on? Colin, how are we doing? Um, yeah, excited. Very excited. It's uh, kind of a miracle, it seems like, coming from you know April, May uh, to now to be able to have week one of fantasy in the books. But uh, I'm excited for it uh, and ready to sort of get into it. I swear, uh, several times as I was watching football on Sunday, I found myself just thinking about how surreal it felt to just be in that moment. I Up until maybe like... Six, seven weeks ago, like late late June, early July or so was the first time I even allowed myself to even consider that this might happen. And so the fact that it's actually happening is uh, still pretty wild to me, but I'm just going to cherish it for as long as I can and hope that they don't screw it up. Uh, (laughs) It seems like so far they're uh, being fairly uh, responsible from what I can tell and doing a good job on that front. So I just want to get as much out of this season as I can, just considering the state of everything else in the world. But uh, Vanna, as we uh, all know at this point, a very exciting week one, both in the NFL and in our league, some very close sweats uh, along the way. Let's dive into everything. And I want to uh, begin, I guess, just by asking you, about your team, uh, first of all, I will say, I don't even know if you were awake for this. Uh, I know you have to get up a lot earlier than I do, and it was like a 10.30 late game Monday night start. But mm-hmm. that last play where all I had to fade was A.J. Brown scoring a touchdown, and he got a wide open look in the end zone, and Tannehill just overthrew him. I just about died. Like, I almost had a heart attack, even trying to tell myself play it cool no matter what happens uh so you were very very close here to uh an even better start but what do you think about your squad through week one um so let's just go on the record that that's uh hearing that is is pretty messed up because uh that is the first that's the first i'm hearing of it um i had no idea that aj brown had uh, an opportunity for a touchdown at the very end it was awful. I would, uh, I, was I, I, I encourage you to look up that play if you haven't seen it. Like, and you, you will know just, just head. knowing me, what I, what that moment was like for me. <laughs> yeah, seriously, um, it was rather disappointing. At because uh, I went to bed right after the Cowboys game, um, so pretty disappointing. Waiting, waking up in the morning, you know, I had AJ Brown, I had Jerry Judy, and I had Tennessee's defense going. I probably needed 35 points out of the three of them. I think that's what it came down to, about 35 points to get out of the three of them to get to two wins for the week. Uh, And they went for nine, nine, and seven. So (laughs) to wake up and – like I thought I had it in the bag, uh, kind of going to bed. You know, I was going to bed, nice peaceful sleep. And at the same time, I was like – 
thinking, you know, this isn't going to be that big of a deal. Uh, Judy was projected for like 14. AJ Brown was projected for 16. The defense was 12. I was like, this is going to be no problem. Uh, and I wake up in the morning to see all three of them put up duds. So, uh, not that great of a Tuesday morning. Cause there'll be more of those. I, I, I do go to bed early these days. I go to bed probably around nine, nine thirty these days. So there'll be more of them. Hopefully I do wake up to some better news at points. I um, didn't, I didn't even allow myself to think about getting into the top five until halftime of the late games when Judy and AJ <laughs> Brown, uh, up until the final play before halftime, they both had like one catch for 12 yards each. Yeah. And then the, the last play before halftime, Judy got like a 25 yard dump off as they tried to do nothing in a pointless situation or whatever. Uh, but yeah, no, that was a situation all night long for me. Cause you had guys on both sides of the ball where every single play, it's like, uh, this, my least favorite game to play with myself where as, uh, you're, the players are lining up at the line of scrimmage, I'm always just saying to myself, all right, where's number 11 uh, in the case of A.J. Brown and where's number 10 in the case of Jerry Judy and just only looking at them the entire play. And if they throw it the opposite side of the field, I don't care at all. For sure. I guess I got a little too cocky in week one uh, going to bed, not rooting for them. But, yeah, it uh, it definitely sucked getting up to see that, uh, see that they did not cover. Yeah. uh, Um, Well, you certainly came close and you did it without Kenny Galladay or Miles Sanders, both of whom it seems like are at least on the right track to, if not play this week, be back to okay relatively soon, at least uh, from what I have heard most recently. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not to like jinx it or whatever, sorry. But, uh, <laughs> oh, sure. Even with them out, you still came very close to a 2-0 and week. Are you feeling good about your team overall? Yeah, um, I think I am feeling good about it. Um, that's just like shit luck to have Miles Sanders and Galladay. Like Mike Evans played and Cortland Sutton didn't play, but Cortland Sutton's probably a lower tier than both of those guys. So to have like $60 of my budget, just not play week one um, after like, I knew Miles Sanders had that uh, hamstring injury, but everybody said while he was in preseason kind of coming out of camp, they were saying that it was mild. It was no problem. He's practicing. He's doing all this stuff. And then all of a sudden he's not practicing. Uh, and then Galladay, I think was like sort of during the week it happened. Um, so that sucked. Like having basically a little over $60 in both of them, not playing week one and having to just like figure out, do I throw out there James Robinson or do I throw out there Antonio Gibson? And didn't really matter which either of them, um, but I think the squad, like, I was happy to come away with one win, I think, there uh, in that spot. So uh, feeling relatively good about the squad. I did like uh, Zeke's usage throughout the game there. Um, they've been, like, quietly saying that they're going to get him more involved in the passing game. So hopefully that's a thing. Um, and then, like, it also sucks that I had Stafford, who's affected by Galladay not playing. Mm-hmm. So it's like a, a double-edged sword there. Um, still almost throws for 300 yards. Cam is, yeah, got two touchdowns, kind of ran the Jacoby Brissett. It seemed like offense in new England, but yeah, we'll see how it is. Uh, I, I wanted to ask a little more about cam, uh, maybe specifically cam. And if you are so inclined, uh, just your larger thoughts on the post Brady Patriots, uh, the obviously two rushing touchdowns for cam, is what you want to see as a cam fantasy owner. And mm-hmm. as a Patriots fan, it looks good to see him 
out there still able to do the things that you come to think of when you think of the time when Cam Newton was really, uh, you know, at the top of his game and MVP uh, taking a team to the Super Bowl. I do, though, wonder if that may have uh, if there may be some sort of effect, I guess, the same way. In week one last year, we watched Antonio Brown come out and immediately just get fed a couple of at least one, if not a couple of touchdowns. Uh, I do have uh, some questions about if maybe Belichick deliberately wanted to get Cam off to like a super hot start. Yeah. Um, so I could like nerd out on this stuff all okay. <laughs> for, for an hour. But um, yeah, the, the thoughts that I have. Uh, I know that coming out of that New England game, not to like bore everybody with it, but to come out of that New England game, I really want to see them down to a team. I want to see if Cam can still sling it. I think that's my probably my biggest thing with him, not even just being on my fantasy team, just like being a fan of the Patriots, seeing if he can kind of sling it around the field because he rushed 15 times, he threw 15 times, and like the throws were pretty – it was a Jacoby Brissett offense. It was like what they had against – uh, the Texans when they ran out Brissett when Brady was suspended. It was like just a lot of like either draw plays or option plays. It was just a lot of sort of dumbed down stuff. Um, and I had said to someone at MFG, I can't remember who it was, that if the Patriots defensive players like Hightower and they had a few other guys didn't opt out prior to the season starting because of COVID – that I would have laid even money on the Patriots winning more games than Tampa Bay. Um, I think that it's it's obviously a way different scheme, but anytime like Belichick is such a good defensive coach that anytime Belichick can have ball control, like it looked like Cam's able to do on Sunday, uh, they're going to be a pretty big problem. So even if you know he can talk up his or coach up his defensive players. So maybe they can have a, a decent defense this year. You don't really see it against Miami. Uh, but if they do and Cam can kind of control the ball and control the clock like that, they're yeah, it's going to be pretty interesting to see what the Patriots can do. What did you think of how Brady and I guess Gronk uh, and just Tampa Bay in general looked? Uh, you know, I kind of thought that w- what was what was going to happen sort of going into it. Uh, it's going to be a decent mess for a little while, I think. Um, and I'm not really too sure, like, sure, they're going to figure it out. They're going to be weeks where they figure it out, but I don't know if they're going to really figure it out against like the top tier teams. Like they're going to figure it out against Atlanta and everyone's going to like point the finger and be like, ha, I told you so against Atlanta when Brady goes out there and throws 400 yards, five touchdowns because Atlanta just stinks. Uh, and they get to play them twice and they get to play Carolina who has a bad secondary twice. Uh, but in terms of like playing the good teams, like it, say Seattle or say, you know, New Orleans, if they played this week, I, I don't know if they're going to, if the, I don't know if the production is going to match the hype. Do you uh, see Brady yep. being the quarterback for the Buccaneers this time next year? Ooh, that's a good thing to go on record about. Um, I, I asked because I noticed that when he showed up to the game, he was yeah. wearing a TBX TB year one shirt implying to me that there he's planning on this being more than one year yeah i know i, I believe um, his deal his deal's two year right yes yeah. um yes uh, i think he's going to be the, their quarterback next year um i don't know yeah i don't know how well it's going to go though um i don't have very high hopes for them 
I think that they, I think their win total was ten and a half this year. I would have taken the under on it. Okay. Uh, what was the Patriots' final? Nine and a half. Sorry, what was that? Nine and a half. Nine and a half. Okay. Uh, are you at this hour taking the over on that? Yes. Okay. Yep. Uh, all right. I, I know. Did Buffalo close as the favorite to win the division or no? I don't know, actually. Um, all I looked at was Super Bowl futures. I will go on record in week one saying that I do have the Steelers plus 2,500 to win the Super Bowl. Oh, wow. Nice. That's my uh, only bet. Okay. Uh, do you have any other uh, – sorry, did you say that's your only one? Yep, that's my only futures bet right now. Okay. my I have uh, – as I said in the last podcast – I put a little bit down on uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire to, <laughs> to go <laughs> off. Just as, free, uh, free money. Just trying that's to piggyback just, on that, that yeah. Ike Brower magic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's just Ike Brower handing out fun coupons <laughs> at that point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, so uh, any other thoughts uh, at this point on your team? Uh, no. Uh, other than it's it's pretty f- – the, the only tough part that I'm having right now is – I did want to, and I, I said it in the podcast that I did want to draft those like second year wide receivers or those like building off of what they had done last year. Cause I know AJ Brown, DK and Hollywood are all second year wide receivers. Shark is a third year wide receiver, but he was able to kind of break out last year. So hopefully he can build on that. It just stinks that like, I don't have, I have guys that are more productive than Odell and Keenan Allen, but I don't, they don't have that trade value that Odell and Keenan Allen have. Correct. Um, yeah, that, so. that, that is genuinely, and I think I may have even literally said this to either you or someone else when I came down with uh, Odell is, at the very least, there's pretty much nothing he can do to lose his name value anytime soon. Yeah, no, for sure. And it's always like, like DK puts up 20 this week, and like I have probably, you know, I could see DK putting up like a 200, 210 point year. Um, so getting close to that, like, or sorry, um, that's yeah, around the regular season, probably like a 220 point year. Uh, so that's close to like 20 a game almost. I think he could have a really good year, but it really doesn't matter. Like Odell puts up five, and I talked to Andy this this morning in chat. Uh, obviously, some of that stuff should remain confidential, but. Um, his his remarks were he's going to turn it around like it, it it doesn't matter that these guys already have it turned on he's just looking for the guy that's going to turn it around because it's Odell <laughs> so it's it's tough yeah um, I don't have much going on in the trade market right now yeah uh well I'm sure you'll find a way Vanna uh somewhere down the line to get in the mix in that respect yeah. uh let's start going through some of these other teams and let's take it at the top of the board here. Uh, maybe the most important question people are asking themselves here after week one. Oh my God, is Farrier back? Um, is Farrier back? Um, uh, yes. You sound really yeah. convinced of that. Yeah, no, I'm not super convinced of it, but uh, he does have some good players. Um, let me hold on. I'm on week one. I got to go to week two because I know his team's going to be different when I look <laughs> at it. Um, um, so to change that answer, no, I don't think Ferry is back. Um, Josh Jacobs playing against the worst run defense in the league last year. Uh, in week one, uh, gets off to a really hot start. Um, Aaron Rodgers, I am just not buying into the whole Aaron Rodgers hype. I know I put that thing in the thread that if, if we're if we're down on 
Aaron Jones scoring more touchdowns. The touchdowns are going to have to be there. So wouldn't Aaron Rodgers be higher? Um, Aaron Rodgers probably should have gone for more than whatever he went for a dollar, two dollars. Uh, he went for three. Um, so he should have gone for more than that. But at the same time, I mean, he's not going to be putting up 42 points. I think he's going to be more sort of in that like 20 to 26 range uh, most of the time. And that's probably going to be an average. So the 42s are going to balance out with like a 13 point game. Mm-hmm. And that's just going to cripple him. Um, and then sort of taking on Keenan Allen and Odell, just Tyrod looks completely lost and Baker looks l- more lost than Tyrod. So it's just not very conducive situations for those guys. Um, I thought that we can get into it later, but I thought that Julio uh, almost made like a statement game that like there are other mouths to feed in Atlanta, but Julio is still going to get his and they're going to throw a ton because they have a terrible defense. So getting rid of that like pretty good asset that came at a pretty low cost um, is probably going to hurt his team. Uh, and then I guess like to sort of talk his team up a little bit, David Johnson, on the other hand, uh, looked phenomenal on Thursday night. He looked like old David Johnson. So if they keep feeding him the rock and he can stay healthy, I guess is probably his biggest problem at this point. Like he looks great. So just staying healthy, then that's like a tremendous value there. And it could be one of those things where he, he, he becomes a, a top five, top seven running back and kind of propels Andy up into more of the upper echelon of teams. Yeah. But, I, I own David Johnson during the, or the first half of last year. And he was a legit top five running back for the, yeah, the first oh, yeah. six or seven weeks. And then something, I don't know if he got hurt or just started playing poorly or, uh, got in the doghouse or whatever, but he basically never played again. Uh, and they're uh, very, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 for sure. They were, it just like happened. Like Kenyon Drake just kind of came to the team. And now all of a sudden David Johnson isn't the running back anymore. Well, I rarely buy into this sort of thing, but one point I have heard made repeatedly, uh, by Matthew Barry in particular, and I'm sure others out there, uh, are <laughs> echoing it in turn, but, the uh, motivation for specifically Bill O'Brien to not look like an idiot for trading away DeAndre Hopkins means I think he is going to really try to feed David Johnson to justify that. Yeah, for sure. And it's only going to get worse from here on out because Deshaun Watson looked completely lost out there without D-Hop mm-hmm. and everybody's talking about it. So, yeah, I mean, that could be the narrative that they that they continue to feed him and that'd be that'd be great. Um it would have just like, uh, not to. I feel like I crap on Andy's team, you know. I maybe deservedly so for the last 18 months, but <laughs> um, it would have been nice to see him diversify outside of the 2018 running backs because he nailed. Uh, I mean, he nailed one of them. Um, so, but then he's got James Conner, who's like made of glass. And he's got Le'Veon, who's just – Le'Veon is, is just awful. He's just terrible now. Um, so, like, if he didn't have – if he would have, like, you know, gone a little bit different, been like, I'm going to take David Johnson because he's a stud, he's got name recognition, and then I'm going to go with some other guys, um, I would have felt a little bit better about the squad. But overall, I think he'll be in the mix enough, at least for the next couple weeks. Um, 
his trades are already becoming more questionable, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, but yeah, I got I got him in in the mix uh, moving forward. All right. Uh, how about our number two scorer this week, who unfortunately was matched up against Andy, so he only went one and one as well. Uh, what did you think of Cav? Uh, Cav. So I actually like Cav Squad, um, and I think I I think I yeah I had Cav Squad uh, as the top projected uh, team in my preseason rankings. I you do did, like and I took that personally. Yes. No, I mean, everyone should take it personally. I mean, and it, it, it takes a lot for me to, to have Cavs squad be number one, because I know the implications that come with a good Cavs squad. Um, <laughs> so, but I, I do, I do like it. <laughs> Just for, to decode that for anyone, that means Cav has to have such a better squad that it can withstand him messing it up along the way. Yeah, exactly. And he's like a little he's like a little Flintstone that like pounds his chest every time his team gets good. So so uh yeah, the the implications of Matt having a good team is like it, it's great it's great for the league in one, it's a big eye roll in the other. Uh but it it definitely keeps edgy Luke on his toes. So that's always a good thing. Yeah. Um but I like the squad. Um I don't like paying twenty four dollars for Aaron uh for Ronald Jones. I, I doubt uh, he does either this morning. <laughs> we uh, we we might have gotten to his head a little bit about the zero RB thing um, and caused him to spend 25% of his waiver wire budget on Ronald Jones, uh, who's currently in a four-man backfield. But uh, he does have good wide receivers, and Calvin Ridley showed out this weekend. So, um, yeah, I think that those guys are are going to be able to propel him uh, and keep him going. Even if they keep him, so say even Devontae, Tyreek, Calvin Ridley, those are three really good wide receivers at the top. And then he's got DJ Moore, he's got Devontae Adams, who's banged up. But say DJ Moore, say the four of those guys. If those guys can keep him afloat for, you know, two, three more weeks, that's just about the time that probably J.K. Dobbins is going to take over. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then he'll have like a legitimate running back in there. Uh, And he's already got two, he's got one great quarterback, another one that's pretty good at the same time um so i'm still digging cap squad i definitely agree and I, I i know i've spent uh some amount of time this uh last week or so talking about how i feel like uh he may be undervaluing just the idea of uh having a running back with some serious firepower or two to be throwing into that lineup any given week. But I will certainly uh, acknowledge that this kind of wide receiver core is totally liable to go off for a hundred points just between three of them any given week, as we literally saw happen this week. And that is very fine enough uh, as far as having a team that can be in the hunt any given week. For sure. Yeah. And And on top uh, of his quarterbacks, by the way, to say nothing of having Pat Mahomes. Yeah, no, I, I I think so too. I think that they can they can propel him out of it. Um, and if he can find some running backs to to you know service the job until he's able to hit a home run on one of them, um, then I think he's he's fine. You know, in order to I guess I just kind of laid out a blueprint for him. Um, he's gonna say he knew that the whole time though, so it's not a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Uh. All right. So 
definitely happy, of course, to have Cav back in the mix. You know, I do talk about him being one of the higher scoring teams. I feel like uh, being very good for the league because he really is uh, willing to get into the chirp game and mix things up. But uh, I, I really do wonder what it would look like if he had a second consecutive really good team. I think we could uh, be entering some uncharted territory. Here. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't even want to think about it yet. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, we may find out soon enough. Uh, <laughs> how about our number three scorer this week? Uh, unfortunately, my opponent who ended up uh, putting up quite uh, a, a number on me here. What'd you think of Lloyd's squad? Uh, so... I guess if we're going to go in terms of the um, the Jennings report, the Henny Boy at Hotmail.com, it would be a team that I cannot get a read on. Um, he's got a lot of guys there that I do not like, um, but they were serviceable for him in week one to the tune of over 200 points. So, I mean, what I, – I can't really argue against it, I guess. Um, I, I like Terry McLaurin. I like his, I, I said that he had the best wide or the best quarterback duo in the league. I thought, um, and those guys put up numbers for him, but at the same time, like Raheem Mostert, uh, Thielen, like Thielen goes for 110 and two touchdowns. And then Mostert gets like a dump off pass of two yards and takes it 75 yards to the house. Um, that was the point where I folded on the week, by the way, is that yeah. Mostert? All right, all right, I'm going to lose to Lloyd. Yeah. yeah, seriously. When you got Raheem Mostert out there, like, scoring 75-yard touchdowns, you're like, all right, yeah. I mean, uh, this time I'll, last yeah. year, it was Marvin Jones putting up four touchdowns for Lloyd yeah. against me. That, that that was not funny yeah. there. Yeah, you just kind of, like, shut the laptop and make <laughs> some something like that's that. literally like, what i did yeah exactly some nice some nicotine you know get, get get all into it so maybe a cup of coffee but um i just don't know how i really feel about lloyd's team i don't uh, like is tennessee that bad of a run defense where melvin gordon scoring 15 points against them or is he like decent i don't know um terry mclaurin i think he's going to be there he's one of the players that i like on his team more than others and he scored 11 points this week so it's tough. Uh, he's got Cortland Sutton coming back. I'm a huge Cortland Sutton fan. I think he's uh, better than people give him credit for, so hopefully he can uh, help out the Lloyds boys. And he also had A.J. Green that was able to play a full game, which uh, should be some sort of prize for Lloyd. Uh, <laughs> I, I was so mad at him for yeah. just immediately getting something out of A.J. Green. He yeah. got more out of A.J. Green this week uh, than I got out of all last year. Seriously. So, um, Lloyd, I so I think – I don't know if Lloyd's going to be in the mix. I think he's going to be around there. Um but I don't want to put everybody in the mix. So Lloyd's going to be one of those teeter-tottering teams. I think that this team is, is like last week, capable of putting up 210. I think it's also capable of putting up 110. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't feel that way about Cav or Farrier's team, really. I wish I had uh, written this. Sorry. I, w I wish I had written this statistic down, but I uh, went and checked the top three scoring teams from week one over the whole history uh, that any of you can go and look up yourselves if you want the exact numbers here uh, on the Stoner Metrics page. And it is 
not good for the people who finish in the top. I, I was blown away. There yeah. were there were no seasons where all three of them made the playoffs. There was a, there may have only been like one or two where even two of the three made the playoffs. And there were multiple seasons where all three missed the playoffs after a hot yeah. start in week one. For sure. Lloyd, I know he didn't win the week this week, but he has had a year where he just sort of blew out the crowd. And you can just see him at his house just like, you know, pointing his laptop at Kara, just like showing her how good his team is with like a cigar in his mouth. And he's just like, he could shut the laptop. He doesn't even have to log back into the page the rest of the season. And like week two, it just automatically tanks. So <laughs> I did, sorry, I, I, I can only picture that. Lloyd with a cigar in his mouth by unrolling it and dipping it. Uh, that's that's yeah. how I assume he yeah, ingests so his cigars. But um, I, yeah. I just hope that uh, he's able to overcome. I think this is going to be a boomer bust squad. Um, that's that's my read on it. That it's going to be. It's a very touchdown dependent squad, which is going to make it very boomer bust. It's not going to be a lot of a, a ton of yards, but Moster, uh, Gurley, Melvin Gordon, Chubb, uh, Thielen, like AJ Green, all of those guys are touchdown dependent. So, uh, boomer bust in the variance of touchdowns. Um, that's my read on Lloyd. He'll be sort of in the mix, but uh, I don't know. I don't see him being a top tier team the whole year. Okay. Uh, well, Lloyd, by the way, in the trade game to a greater extent than I had uh, necessarily anticipated right away, thought he got uh, away with one there with that Adam Thielen deal. So who knows? Maybe maybe Lloyd's team is going to be the one that looks totally different in a couple of weeks. Yeah. I doubt I it, though. So. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Um <laughs> All right, uh, so let's move along to our number four scorer here. We have the flex king himself, Isaac Brower, uh, getting like 50 points combined out of Darius Slayton and TJ Hawkinson, his boys, yet again uh, in those flex spots. Uh, a, a very solid running back tandem here, of course, as a nice foundation for his team, and they both showed up. Uh, what do you think about the long-term prospects here? Um, I am not sold on the long-term prospects of the squad. Um, I think that Big Ben is great. Uh, I like the two running backs, obviously, but who doesn't? He spent probably, what, $120 on the two of them. Um, Slayton, I don't think is going to be there. Um, Cup terrifies me. That's my big takeaway. Cooper Cup not being on the field terrified me. Yeah. Yeah, Cooper Cup's not on the field a lot. Uh, They're, like, yeah, not to get into the whole sort of trying to be an ESPN analyst, but they're running a lot of like the 12 personnel, which is one running back, two tight ends. Uh, and Cup is not on the field during this place. Um, so he has five targets, four catches, 40 yards. Um, there were times where Van Jefferson was on the field and Cup was not. Right. And they kind of mentioned that going into the year that like at the end of last year, they were trying to figure out like what they could do to really get a running game going, get back to like sort of their identity that took them to the Super Bowl. And that was it. And Robert Woods is like one of the best blocking wide receivers in the tight end or in the league. Um, so he's always on the field. But and Cooper Cup's really good at blocking as well. But it, it, at the same time, they do like running those two tight ends. So before Cup like gets on the field for 85 percent of the snaps, I think it'd probably have to come down to like an Everett or Higby injury. Um, and it's never great to be rooting for an injury to have to get your guy on the field that you're basically constantly starting. Um, he's got the third best receiver in Dallas, uh, in CD lamb, like sure. He's super talented, but I just don't think he's going to surpass 
uh, Cooper Gallup. Uh, Gallup stat line was, you know, unassuming this weekend, but I don't want to talk time. about what Gallup stat line should have looked yeah, like. No, like <laughs> I mean that that, that went it, from a twenty point game to an eight point game because a ref 100%. is blind. Yes, hundred percent. So if you look at if you look at what he could have done if he catches that ball. Now we're totally talking about like Ceedee Lamb is the back seat to those two guys. He caught so, the ball, by the way, and yeah, then he right. just got a flag thrown on. Right, for sure. Um, and I don't think Slayton's going to do what he did. I think that's a fluke out of Slayton. Like he's decent, but he's not going to. He's not going to be putting up 100 yards and two touchdowns. I don't think he's going to put up 100 yards and a touchdown. Um, he got the first one on sort of a, a little bit of a broken play. Um, and Hawkinson decent at the same time but uh i think the touchdown was like a one yard touchdown pass and then uh once galladay gets back i think his i mean he had five targets five catches so that's just that efficiency is not going to be there um so i'm not really counting on him alaire and uh um kamara are great but at the same time, like as good as much as I like Big Ben, I don't really like Carson Wentz, um, and he really couldn't even do anything against Washington. So that's going to be tough for him, sort of moving forward with that. Um, I scored 192 points. I guess, yeah, it, it's pretty easy when you get, you know, 15 out of your defense who plays Miami and 31 out of Slayton. Um, so I think that the 192 was a sort of a, a little bit of a fluke strike. Yeah, uh, I certainly really like his running backs, but I could see the wheels coming off pretty quickly here for uh, Isaac if he doesn't get those big boom weeks from at least one or two guys uh, out of this group that, at least for my money, I don't know uh, if I have much faith in uh, compared to pretty much any other team at the non-running back positions. For sure. Yeah. Uh, All right. Well, Vanna... I am pleased to report that for the literal first time in my life, I have finished in the top half of scorers in week one uh, and snuck in Congrats. to a uh, a one and one start here. And now everybody knows that weeks two through 12 is where I come to play, where I'm going to shine <laughs> here. Uh, obviously, I will begin by readily acknowledging I, he wasn't in my starting lineup this week, but probably the run good of the season to this point is Marlon Mack going down and Jonathan Taylor now uh, immediately emerging as someone that I can feel extremely good about. And while uh, my team, as far as I'm concerned, only put up 170 points this week, I feel like with a few exceptions, so many things went wrong that uh, I, I feel very good about being able to put up noticeably more than that going forward. Yeah. Um, I like the squad. And you could probably tell that from the the trades I had sent over this morning. But uh, <laughs> uh, I like Dak and Russell Wilson. I think those are two great quarterbacks. Um, we'll see how Russ does against someone other than uh, Atlanta. Not saying nothing against the talent. I'm just saying that something that isn't a shootout, if they continue to let him throw, which they said they were going to before the year. But who knows if they continue to, I guess, quote unquote, let Russ cook. But um and then you have Dak, who just has a pretty unbelievable offense there in Dallas, who I think is is good. And then the the wide receivers in Robert Woods, Julio Jones now, and Juju couldn't really be playing better at the moment. Um, Juju looks like looks like the Juju of old with Ben. Um, he honestly like 
not to sound weird about it, but he honestly looked like he was having fun out there on Sunday night or on uh, Monday night. Like it was just a completely different squad, a completely different look. Like he's got Big Ben throwing to him in the back of the end zone on back foot throws. Like it was just, yeah, he went from Doc Hodges to like one of the <laughs> best quarterbacks of all time. And he's like, finally, he's back. Thank you. Like everyone was shitting on me for being bad when I have a guy that like literally does duck calls in the huddle. Like, <laughs> so it's uh, funny to think about like he looks like the juju of old when he's like 23 years old today yeah Yeah. and he was like the demise of antonio brown in pittsburgh like yeah he kind of got written off last year like now antonio's gone and he's like not any good anymore but like he's got these awful quarterbacks thrown to him so i i really do wonder how much juju being voted team mvp is what set off antonio brown into this like spiral that he's gone down right yeah no, I mean, yeah, you, we aren't really allowed to say it, but RIP to AB for, by the way of Juju, I think. Yeah, potentially. Um, yeah, so, and then the running backs are good. You have... Uh, Finally, you someone make, found a way to shut down AB. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you've binked on Jonathan Taylor there, um, and still have Joe Mixon, uh, Mark Andrews, solid tight end. Um, I think that was the most fun dip I've had in the way of uh, our league last year with Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews. Um, I feel like he, he looks to him literally 100% of the time when they're in the red zone. And then Gallup and Dallas Goddard, who must have just got Goddard. But um, then having James White, Benny Snell, Ruggs on the bench, um, I think it's a solid squad. I'm I'm digging it. I think it's going to be uh, easily in the mix this year. Yeah, I I feel just at least average, if not above to noticeably above average at pretty much every spot, and that's where I want to be at this point in the season. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think uh, I'm into it. All right, awesome. Thank you. Uh, so I will Venmo you for saying that uh, <laughs> accordingly. Uh, all right, let's move on now. Uh, coming in here in week one at number six, uh, even though it was a really tight battle between the two of us, it seemed, uh, Wink ended up threading the needle and coming in sixth place here. Uh, manages to go one and one when he finds himself matched up against uh, Pieri, whom we will be getting to. Not a uh, fun start, I'm guessing, in his household. But uh, what did you think of Christian number two? Um, I think this is so at the moment, I think this is right where Christian number two is going to be. Um, I do like Lockett. I like Will Fuller. There's a means to an end there. Probably Will Fuller. Um, I have him in. I play in four leagues. I have him in the three other leagues. So I'm right there with him in terms of just like crossing my fingers, like hoping it was almost on Thursday night watching Will Fuller, like the risk versus the reward of them throwing him a 10 yard pass, like wasn't there. (laughs) Like just like put him in bubble wrap on the sideline until you need a 50 yard pass and then throw it to him. Like I can't, I can't deal with these little like 10 yard passes where he gets tackled and goes to the ground. And I just got to like pray he gets up. But, um, it's a fun ride while he's out there. So he's got he's got those two guys that are good. I don't like T.Y. Um, Eckler, who knows, really, with Eckler. He carries it 20, almost 20 times. Uh, only gets one, you know, one target, which is, like, who knows if they correct that with Tyrod. Like, what's he doing out there? But It's a big difference uh, between going from Rivers to, Ty- uh, to Rod. Yeah, huge, huge difference. Like, 
not to get off subject, but you get back to Jonathan Taylor and Hines, like those guys both got fed in the way of targets. <laughs> River, Rivers does nothing but dump it off to the running back for the first right. Like it's yeah, it's it's wild. They're both able to get sort of that uh, their mouths fed with the targets, and then you get Tyrod out there and Eckler, one of the best cat, pass catching backs in the league gets one target, one catch for three yards. So it'll be interesting to see what Eckler can do. Um, I'm worrisome for Eckler at the moment. Anthony uh, Lynn is a former running back, right? Uh, I do not know. I, I, I don't want to, I, I, I want to say that's right. I'm pretty confident uh, in that. And if so, I suspect he will find some ways to get uh, Eckler back in the mix, considering his relative lack of other options. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I think Wink's going to need him to get back in the action. Um, Dalvin, I didn't think looked that great against Green Bay. Um, and I know he had the two touchdowns, but other than that, I don't think he looked that great. Kenyon Drake didn't look very good. Chris Carson, on the other hand, did look very good. I don't know why, but I was watching a lot of that Seattle Atlanta game and Chris Carson caught, he had six targets, six passes, but the passes that Chris Carson was catching were actual passes. Like, they said that they were going to get him involved in the passing game last year and that what that meant was like that he'd run like a two-yard out route, stand there for three seconds, and then get the ball delivered to his chest and he'd catch it and they'd be like, see, Chris Carson can catch. And it's like, no, anybody can do that. Like, can he run a route and catch it in his hands on a route and run with it? And he was able to do that this weekend. So that's like a pretty good thing for, for Chris Carson moving forward. Uh, and I was pretty impressed with that. Especially, I mean, it does seem like they're going to – be defaulting a lot more to short plays where Russ is going to throw it rather than we're going to try to move the chains just by running the ball constantly. Uh, so the PPR uh, effects there could be very positive for Chris Carson as well. And I do continue to believe just uh, on Wink's team overall that when you have four running backs who at this point in time at least still seem to be getting a very large workload on a week-to-week basis, you have ample room to trade in this league. For sure. No, definitely. Um, I do agree that he does have room to trade. Um, And then he's got the two quarterbacks who were, you know, he's going to have to make some, I don't know, check, click here week two, see if he's made any, no. So he's still got Goff and Daniel Jones. Um, There's going to need to be some work done there. He's got Kirk Cousins on the bench. Um, I'm not a Kirk Cousins fan. I would just cut him if I was weak, but you know. I feel like I'm. I, I may have said this ex- like this exact same thing on one of the podcasts last season, but uh, I had this thought watching uh, the Rams game this week as well, and I continue to just not just as a fantasy commodity because I've owned this person before and he's done well for me. Uh, I feel like maybe I just was really lucky with the timing there, but I have no idea both fantasy wise and just NFL wise what to make of Jared Goff. Do you believe in Jared Goff being like a long-term franchise QB? Um, I don't know anymore. Um, I was a huge Goff guy his first year. He struggled his first year. He was really good his second year, and then he struggled again last year. Um, and I actually – funny story about Jared Goff. I was actually in my – at my last apartment where I had uh, three or four roommates – and someone and, mistook you for Jared Goff? 
they did not mistake me for Jared Goff. I was sitting on the couch without the TV on one night, and I was—I don't know how I made it to this article, but it was a—it was a football article, like a legitimate football article, not a fantasy football article. And I was watching tape of Jared Goff, and ever since then, um, I have gotten sort of—I've been the Goff truther amongst everybody. So um, I don't—I don't really know what to think of him, but it's. I hope he figures it out, and I don't know. Like last year, they thought McVay was tipping the plays, so it's very hard for a quarterback to be good when they're tipping the plays. So um, I, I do think that the talent is there. I just don't know how great he will be sort of moving forward as a fantasy commodity. Are you a McVay is a genius guy still? No. no. I don't know where I am on. I used to be just yeah. presumably because uh, he was like one for one in, or yeah. one for two. Yeah. Like, yeah. He uh, went like uh, 11 and five or something his first year. Yeah. 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 Uh, I am not, I am not a McVay truther. I, I really hope he doesn't turn out to be just like the next Mike McCarthy who just keeps getting these incredible situations and giving them away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He hits the nail on the head once and then he just gets, to, he's like, yeah, who knows? Yeah. Like, at, just ride Peyton's coattail for once and then just get gigs for the next 10 years. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's uh, move over to uh, some of the lower scoring teams this week. What did you think of uh, Gabe, your nemesis in the last two uh, seasons finals here uh, and his Christian McCaffrey slash Travis Kelsey heavy portfolio? Yeah. So I think that Gabe is a good enough sport uh, and we'll get a, you know, we'll stay even keeled enough when listening to this podcast, but um, I do not like this team at all. I think it's probably in recent memory, one of the worst assembled teams that Gabe has had. Uh, I mean, that's it's Gabe's had some very good teams these last couple of years. He has had some very good teams. Yes. But as far as I can remember, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not really into it. I don't know if there's really anybody outside of McCaffrey. Um, and then you have to talk about Kelsey sort of relatively to the other tight ends. Um, I don't know if there's really anybody outside of McCaffrey that I really like that much. Uh, Kyler did pretty well this week, I guess. Um, had over a hundred yards until he knelt out of the shotgun, uh, for the final three plays. Oh, uh, that's brutal. He he pulled the, the Farrier Vic 2010 move yeah. where he went over and then yeah. back under the bonus. Yep, exactly. So he knelt from the shotgun. Um, <laughs> so was it minus two? Time. <laughs> was it minus two? Sorry. It was um, – he went for minus three each time. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, he ended up with 91 yards. He had 100. So, uh, yeah, I'm not – uh, Kyler is, he's, I guess, could be a bright spot on the squad, especially with, uh, it looks like that he's going to have a great connection with D hop. Um, but in terms of Allen Robinson, Jarvis and Tyler Boyd, don't like any of those guys. Um, Christian McCaffrey, obviously best player in the league. Uh, Devin Singletary, not high on him. Kelsey good, but is he $40 good compared to, there's kind of a tight end surgeons in the league. Um, when I remember we were talking about it a few years ago where you could basically find like four tight ends that you weren't like sweating for a bagel. And it seems like there's 15 tight ends that could get you 10 points this year. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then Mark Ingram and Christian Kirk. I don't like those guys either. Uh, and then Burrow, I think Burrow will turn it on. He looked pretty decent. Um, but I think that it's going to be tough for him uh, to start the season. He gets Cleveland, which might be a little bit of a gift this week to sort of get him on the right track. But uh, outside of that, I think Gabe has his work cut out for him this year. So I will slightly disagree and just say that I am an Allen Robinson fan. Maybe not uh, as a Chicago Bear being thrown to by Mitch Trubisky, but who knows how long that's even going to continue being uh, a thing. And other than that, yeah, I think uh, construction would be the key term that I liked you using there where I know we both uh, did a lot of draft prep in terms of thinking through timelines where we had Christian McCaffrey. uh, I I definitely spent a lot of time trying to find ways to maximize a McCaffrey centric kind of lineup. And I don't think any of them involved Kelsey or Kittle. I thought if I was spending up on McCaffrey, tight end was just not a spot where I could afford to spend up to. Right. For sure. Um, yeah, I, I thought that in the Christian McCaffrey sort of theory that there were plenty of wide receivers that I would just cherry pick sort of at the end, the, whichever guys were in that like 10 to $15 range that fell for 10 instead of 15. That, um, that was my entire plan. And then I threw it in yeah. the garbage when Odell came up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I, and, and in general, uh, I totally agree with what you said about, you know, we are not far removed from there being a time where there were only a few guys playing tight end that you didn't have to be nervous about going out there and doing virtually nothing for you on any given Sunday. And obviously Travis Kelsey over the last few years has put up such ludicrous numbers compared to other people at not only tight end, obviously blowing out almost every other tight end uh, in terms of production since 2017 2016 somewhere in there but i know that on a literal points per game average on a total points average he is uh at least entering this season he would have been wide receiver eight if he played wide receiver and those players uh even though they go in a less important position go for more money in our drafts but the problem is and this is uh something i touched on it may have been uh, with you. It may have just been in the podcast I did by myself, but like in terms of our market inefficiencies, I think it is possibly simultaneously true that in the case of both Kelsey and Kittle and Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, they should theoretically be going for like right around the same cost. They are got the low forties, high thirties somewhere in there in general, if everyone else was going for the cost that they should be going for, but right. for whatever reason in our league, and I think it goes back to us, use, we used to be a one quarterback league, uh, the markets are just so, that they fall off a cliff at a certain point there, that it uh, becomes a situation where if any of those four guys does not essentially blow out everyone else at the position, they're just not going to be able to justify that cost. For sure. Um, I think the exact same thing that it's like, it's tough because quarterback, I guess, did go up a little bit this year to help justify the cost of those two. But at the same time, their cost went for higher than we've ever seen. So, but when you're getting guys like uh, Dak and Russell, I don't know where they went, but you have them. So you probably remember 14 and 13 respectively. So yeah. And so you have Kyler here at 17. So 
those numbers for for Lamar and Pat can come down a little bit. But then once you get into Kelsey and Kittle, like you have Mark Andrews that goes for, you know, 20 bucks, maybe 22, 22. And then the rest of the guys like you're getting Hunter Henry for a dollar and he's like, what, tight end six in the pre-draft rankings. And then everybody through there, you can literally wait until the end of the draft to take your tight end because that's when everybody else is doing it. I mean, you could literally, right, get Jonu Smith in the last set of dollar bids. Right, right. At the same time that you that another league would be drafting their kicker, you can take your $1, you could be sitting there with $1 max bids and still get Jonu Smith. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so we'll see how things end up going here for Gabe. Uh, I would not be surprised if he ends up making some pretty big moves along the way. So I am certainly not going to be counting Gabe out, but it is, I will say, uh, and again, I'm saying this because I I know Gabe will uh, understand the spirit in which it is intended. I don't think it'd be the worst thing to get some new blood uh, up at the top of the leaderboard for a little while this year. So uh, I'm certainly not saying I'm rooting against Gabe. I really like Gabe. Uh, Very, (laughs) very cool guy. But uh, (laughs) someone's got to come down. And he certainly uh, had things go his way a fair share, his fair share uh, of the time recently. 100 percent for sure. All right. uh, So. How about our number nine scorer this week, uh, Lucas Brower, who left Jamison Crowder on his bench and does not seem thrilled about that and now is seeming to uh, be making a statement about not making the same mistake twice. Yeah. Um, Lucas's squad. Yeah, he's got, what, Jamison Crowder in his uh, super flex position? It's, like, super, super edgy. Um, (laughs) Luke... uh, is hold on so sorry to uh to to cut this off one second i gotta check just one last thing here is uh kenny stills the only guy to get a bagel this week he is ah nice lucas with the first bagel on the first game of the year i I, uh, i'm not even sure record setting start yeah i uh yeah literally the thursday night (laughs) bagel although I don't know about record setting just because I I, uh, will never forget about it would have been 2012 uh, because Weave was the person who did this. He had the defending Super Bowl champion New York Giants playing the season opener. He had David Wilson in his starting lineup who ran it for uh, like – 12 yards and a fumble so he and, and then got benched by tom coughlin so he, he literally after the season opener had negative 0.8 after the first game <laughs> so yeah uh so maybe it isn't records it's a record setting amongst league participants now yes. active league participants um i mean kudos to him for that you gotta tip you gotta tip your cap um but luke's luke's team uh I think I, I feel like I said the other day that Luke is like the guy that I thought everybody in the league was like in like 2000. I don't even know if it's 14. Like, I don't know if that's a, a fair assessment, um, but like 2000, say just at the beginning of the league when we started, like there needed to be some sort of game log of like, OK, this guy has scored points in the past so I can pick him up and hopefully he can score more points. And that's like. Uh, a baseball mentality essentially like I remember like going way back pulling a name out of a hat like Brandon Webb like 
had a few years there where he was like awful, and then he comes back from Tommy John. You're like, all right, maybe this guy could pick it up again. Playing quarterback and, and wide receiver for the Vikings. Yeah, exactly. Like he's the, baseball is one of those things where like guys can have three or four bad years in a row, and once they were a top talent, and then go back to being a top talent. I was talking with Matt about this on the ride back to Boston. Like that doesn't necessarily happen really too often in football. Like where Le'Veon just has a shitty year with the Jets last year, and then all of a sudden Le'Veon is back to being Le'Veon this year. Like it just doesn't happen. Like when a guy loses a step in football, it's gone, and he's gone essentially forever. He just rides off into the sunset. Um, and that's why it's a tough fantasy approach to to look at guys like basically not be taking any flyers or like not doing any research on like this guy could be getting opportunities soon and he's sort of built for the part like let me take a flyer on him and if the targets go up a little bit he could really dominate and it's really more like oh i remember marvin jones last year because lloyd had him with four touchdowns let me grab him or like kenny stills was good once in miami let me grab him uh that's how I feel about Luke's entire team. I think that's why uh, Brandon Cooks is still rostered. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's Jared Cook. Like there was no there was no sort of draft pre- draft preparation that I had with Jared Cook on my team because I knew he was going to be on Luke's team. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> like you just weren't going to get that guy and then like to just like articulate the whole point, Luke picks up Tyreek Cohen this morning. And like out of all the other backs that you could pick up, he's like, yeah, all right, let me let me get this Tyreek Cohen guy. He's a PPR machine. Like right. people have been saying he could be a PPR machine for like four years now, and it just hasn't happened. No, I, I I've said this before uh, in my draft breakdown podcast, but uh, while many, if not most, of the kind of positional and player tendency reads that I put together on what to expect out of you guys. Uh, in the draft were probably uh, more harmful than helpful. The one that I am very proud of is calling that Luke will barely even pay attention to situation and just take people who have names that he trusts. Yeah, exactly. Like Luke is all about fantasy branding. Right. And if you have, if you have I, a I mean, name, yeah. I, I remember uh, a few years ago, there was a point where Luke, I, 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 don't remember. Uh, it may have been like Thanksgiving, or it was it was deep into the season. I remember him telling me this. We were at uh, whatever the smokestack is called now. I forget the the bar in downtown Camden, uh, yeah. where he he confessed to me uh, probably three quarters of the way through the season that he's been like virtually not watching any football and barely paying attention and just goes and checks Yahoo at twelve fifty five on Sundays and sets his lineup and. That was the year Luke won a championship, so I do wonder <laughs> if he is going back to that strategy. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's, he's still got the same team from the championship. Exactly. <laughs> um, if DeMarco was still in the league, he would definitely still have him. Um, yeah, he's just like, I guess, like, just going back to, like, an old saying that I had, Luke just has to close the yearbook. Like, update the magazine, bud, and start drafting some new players. Yeah, uh, well, we'll see how it goes. Uh, Luke, I'm sure, not going to be totally out of the mix, at least anytime soon. Uh, so hopefully we can uh, keep 
Lukey around and uh, active and get him in here to uh, talk through how he sees things. Uh, if he if he has some uh, responses he would like to give the two of us, uh, let's get <laughs> to. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just laughing. Okay, uh, let's get into our final team here. Honestly. Christian can't catch a break. Pierre may have been kind of a tongue-in-cheek name for uh, a little while there, but this was truly like every GM's week one nightmare of two of, if not literally his top two biggest investments, end up getting injured here in Mike Thomas and George Kittle. Uh, what were your takeaways on Pierre's squad overall? Obviously not a good outcome here, but uh, how would you be feeling in his shoes? Um, I would be feeling defeated. Um, he comes out of week one with $101 of his, uh, auction budget, um, out for maybe Kittle plays this week and plays through an injury, which is almost just as bad as him having sit out a few weeks. And it looks like Michael Thomas is going to be out several weeks. Um, nobody knows for sure, but I'm thinking that's probably through the bye to week seven. So, um, and then just gets like a kind of dismal start from him to begin with. Um, so he's going to be essentially six weeks without Michael Thomas, it seems like, just in my opinion. Um, I kind of like the squad going into the year, too. Like, John Brown kind of has like a defined role in Buffalo. I've um, loved John Brown Anthony forever. Miller was like, sorry to talk yeah. over you, but I, I, yeah. I have always no, been a huge no, no. John he's, Brown guy. For sure. He's extremely serviceable. He's a good wide receiver. Um Josh Allen likes him there and yeah, his role was kind of carved out there. Um, and I think that he was, he was going to be good there. And then Anthony Miller, um, is one of those guys that came on strong at the end of last year. Um, he's, he showed last week that 17 points, 76 yards and a touchdown, like he's serviceable and, and good in, in a, uh, probably like a wide receiver, wide receiver three spot. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, you kind of know what you're getting with him. It's either six or 60. So it's, yeah, you kind of take it with, with a grain of salt, what it is. So that's not really that bad of a start. Uh, Derek Henry, you really can't ask for much more there. Uh, has like 120 yards, scares the ball 30 times. Like he'll get his, if he's getting the ball 25, 30 times a game. Uh, Boston Scott, just like a little bit of a flyer there with Miles Sanders being out. Um, uh, people were playing him everywhere in DraftKings, so it wasn't. That's not a bad start. I don't think either. That's a little bit of creativity out of the box for Peary. I like that. I also, uh, speaking of creativity out of the box, uh, the 3:59 p.m. edition of Malcolm Brown uh, seems like it could be a big bailout. Yes, for sure. Um, yeah, and Malcolm Brown, yeah, has his role carved out there. I think. Um, not to like reiterate it or re-say a saying, but um, it looks like he's going to be the guy for the foreseeable future there, getting 18 carries. Um, it looked like Cam Akers kind of just like spelled him. Looks like he's going to get the goal line work. Cam Akers was in there on, I think, one goal line carry and, and didn't convert, so Malcolm Brown came back in. Um, and they're looking to run the ball. That's kind of like what they're looking to do in uh, – with the Rams. So I think that like having that is an extreme sort of bailout for Pierre. He's got a guy that's going to be getting a lot of the workload. Um, 
And then, yeah, just kind of getting down into it. Like, he's got Breeze. He's got Bridgewater. Bridgewater didn't seem to be too bad. Um, and then Cooper and Thomas. Like, if those guys – if Thomas was able to stay healthy and Kittle stayed healthy, I think this is a really good team. Um, and that probably pains him to hear that. But, um, yeah, who knows? I mean, hopefully Malcolm Brown can kind of continue to do what he's doing, and maybe that bails Pierre out for a little while. And he's able to sort of get back into the mix with having him there while Michael Thomas is out. Um, and he picked up Naheem yeah, Hines as well. He has Hines, yeah. So we'll see what he can do. I mean, Malcolm Brown's on his bench, so maybe I just talked him into a start there. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he's got Hines. I think Hines is going to have a big workload, um, like we were just talking about with Macau. Uh, he is... There, there's a role there for him, and 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 whether it's like um, Rivers kind of calling it out or the coaching staff, I think that Rivers will have a little bit of input there. Like this is what we did in uh, with the Chargers, because Jonathan Taylor is sort of a bigger, more powerful running back. Um, he caught it a little bit last week, but he is a bigger, power, more powerful guy if you watch him at Wisconsin. But um, having Hines in that like Eckler sort of role. Um, I know everybody or Pierre said earlier that it was unfair to put him in that Eckler role, but I do think he's, he's pretty talented. He's a pretty good run running back, um, especially catching it. So I don't know if it's a slight to Eckler to be calling Hines sort of into that role. So, you know, hopefully I think it was smart to spend the $40 on him, get him sort of there. And if it's three or four or five weeks before Jonathan Taylor like takes over the entire backfield and Naheem Hines is kind of just standing on the sidelines. Um, but you get three, four or five weeks out of him, then so be it. Um, well worth it to wait for Michael Thomas to come back. So bad start for Pierre in terms of luck, but hopefully he can manage to, uh, to break through it. Oh yeah. And I know Pierre is not, uh, the type to just give up so easily. Uh, I don't remember the exact record, but it was a few years ago. He went on an insane run to close out the season where he went from like three and 13 to 13 and 13 and made playoffs after going like 10 and 0 down the stretch. So it can certainly be done. And I, I believe it was him who did it himself. So uh, yeah. definitely still going to be at the very least keeping an eye out there. Uh, Van Man, any other things you wanted to get into while we are uh, on here? No, I think that's it. I feel like people have heard my voice enough over the past week and a half. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of it. Um, um, thank you for having me on. Thank you for doing the podcast. Um, and I look forward to sweating week two and seeing what that has in store. Likewise. Hey, uh, thank you for coming on. I certainly uh, enjoy doing this a great deal. Uh, and thank you guys who have made it this far. I don't know how many people that is going to be, but uh, anyone who has made it uh, is – Certainly uh, welcome to put their name in the hat if they would like to come on for week two. I don't have anyone lined up, but uh, we will see how that ends up developing. Yeah, looking forward to seeing how the week ends up playing out, too. But I think that is going to do us uh, do it for us here today. So uh, we will be talking to you guys soon. Take care, everybody. Stay hard, by the way. Also, that should be my I'm trying to make that my new sign off and I forgot. So all right. Stay hard, too. All right. Bye. <laughs>